You know, this story is so big. It's on the front page of basically every newspaper in the country. Uh, this guy, it's, it's so big that the CBC even let you back on television. <laughs> That's how big it is. Um, where were you when you got the news? Because I was just finishing my story, finishing it up, and thinking, this is going to blow over again. We're going to find he's going to be there on Coach's Corner on Saturday. And then I was in total shock that he actually got fired. Where were you? Uh, where was I when I heard the news? Yeah. Or where was I uh, ideologically on this? No, 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 no. We'll get to the we'll get to the ideology. Okay. Uh, I don't watch much hockey anymore, frankly. Uh, I, I'm kind of hockeyed out. No, I'm talking about the news. I'm talking about the news when he when he was fired. Hang on a second. Okay. So, so <laughs> I, I don't watch a lot. So I'm not watching hockey night in Canada on a regular basis. So all of this stuff came to me on like I would say a 12 to 18 hour delay. Uh, other people had been chewing it over and talking about it before I really wrapped my head around it. I would guess I was looking to make my, my NFL bets on Sunday morning when I started to really think about it. I think that's pretty much where I was at. Uh, and, and I had the same reaction as you, which is that, it, it, look, if I had $10, Terry, for every time I covered a story about Don Cherry's about to be fired because of something he said, I'd be a rich guy. So I thought that immediately, okay, well, he'll dodge this, et cetera. But, but I also understood when I saw the wording of it that this – you know, we just come off an election where Mr. Trudeau got reelected here in Canada. He's Mr. Diversity. Uh, he's about being nice to, to the new communities, etc. I thought, well, that's a risk to him. And then I thought, you know what? Rogers is really pinched they, financially. They spent a lot of money to get the NHL rights from the NHL uh, for national TV. They $5.2 billion. They fired a whole bunch of guys this summer because they can't afford them. And I thought, you know, if they were looking for an excuse to get rid of Don, this might be it. And I guess that's when I started to get serious about thinking that this, this actually could be the time that it happens. Okay, you have had your run-ins over the years with him. Uh, in fact, he, oh, yeah. he, didn't he at one point accuse you of, of being anti-kids with cancer or something ridiculous like that? Well, the first time it was over the, the riot in Piestani, the hockey, the junior hockey thing where they turned out the lights, and I was on a panel with him, and he was, you know, he was grilling me about how would you defend your kids? Because you remember the argument was at the time, and it still is, that the Canadian guys got suckered into it, and it was stupid. They just let their emotions get a, uh, take, them, take away with them. And, and I said, that's, that's how I felt. And Don said, so you're the kind of coward who wouldn't step in to defend your own kids. He says this to me on live TV. You know, I mean, how can you defend yourself? The second time, yes. Uh, it was he was he had been caught in in a controversy and and he was looking to escape and the way he always escapes and he's doing it now and from the comments I've heard from him but the way he always escapes is then he plays the I I love the troops or I go to the to the children's hospitals and all that sort of stuff that's that's what he would always do the week after to say hey look at me I'm a nice guy I'm a nice guy and he had done that in 2004 when the Calgary Flames were making a run for the plant for the Stanley Cup. He'd done some column that got everybody mad in Calgary, and I just said, folks, you know, don't worry. This week it'll, it'll be he'll be talking about kids with cancer in Saskatchewan. Well, he goes on Hockey Night in Canada and says that I don't like kids with cancer, blah 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 blah, and and he doesn't read the column in any honest way. And I ha I spent two weeks getting phone calls from families whose kids have died of cancer. So that's that's how Don operated. So I got no sympathy for him, uh, you know, that he's finally, you know, been hoisted by his own petard. Uh, that's, that's the way he operated. It was one week, it was, uh, it was uh, French guys with visors or, or chicken Swedes, and then the next week it was, oh, I love the troops and the police. 
That's that's how we operated to try to stay on side and, and, and stay one step ahead of CBC from firing. Okay, but how did he manage to pull it off, though, Bruce? Both you and I have a background in theater, and you were fantastic on television as opposed to me where I was a total flop. Now, I just want to read what he said. Now, we both, we both know that no can mean yes, yes can mean no, depending on how it's said. And, and it's very different seeing somebody say something live and read what he said. But I'm going to read you what he told Canadian Press. I did not say minorities. I did not say immigrants. If you watch Coach's Corner, I did not say that. I said everybody, and I said you people, Cherry said. Irish, Scots, Scotch. Anybody that's newcomer, anybody that's newcomers to Canada and they should wear a poppy to honor our dead from the past, whether they're Scotch or Irish or English or where they come from. Um, if I, uh, and then he said, I, I, had to, I, I would not take it back. He's not going to apologize. But does he have a point? You've asked me two questions there. The first one that you just immediate answer to that is, this is the problem when someone who is inarticulate has to make nuanced arguments. Okay. This is why 90% of the stuff about Donald Trump happened, because his use of the language is, is inexact uh, at Trump's and Cherry's. It, it's very similar, and we end up in these all these things because these guys don't understand how words work. I, I've spent my whole life nuancing them, massaging them, making sure I didn't get sued because I said it the right way, etc., to get points across. And Don, for a long time, has been able to blunder along on the, uh, the, uh, the cusp of that and be forgiven for his malaprops, etc. This time, if you listen to the tape, it's not just you guys. He, and he, he also used the words, come here, I think is also in that quote, uh, if you see the extended quote. And, and, and I, listen, I, I, I agree with him. I think every Canadian, whether you've been here 20 minutes or 20 years or 200 years, should put on the poppy around this time of year to acknowledge the, the, the debt we owe to the people who came from before us. I think there's a real argument there, and I, and I would support him 100% if he made that argument. But that's not what he said. And if you know his background, as soon as he said a couple of those words, all the trip hammers went off on people, and they said, oh, there you go, he's off on this rant again. So there, there's some small measure of maybe he thought he was saying something and he didn't say it, but I got no sympathy for him because he's had the benefit of the doubt for a long time. Now, the second question you asked is how did he get away with this for so long? Uh, again, I operated at CBC, you did too, for a long time. And, and people would look at each other and say, how does he get to say that? We can't say that on air. I'd be fired in five minutes for saying the kind of things he said. How does that happen? Well, two things. First of all, well, three things, actually. <laughs> now I'm sounding like a Monty Python. <laughs> three things. The first thing is money. He brought in a lot of money to Hockey Night in Canada. He was, uh, he was a guy who was really valuable to them. Two, everybody there was intimidated by him. They were afraid of him. I mean... Ron McLean was the sort of avatar for everybody sitting there, sort of cringing because he was afraid Don would whack him upside the head or tell him to shut up or whatever. People there were intimidated by him. And the third thing, politically, Terry, and again, this is understated. Not a lot of people have said this. I'm glad that I got it on the CBC yesterday before they uh, took me off the air. But uh, is that CBC understood that it was a liberal elitist kind of place, and it needed to represent more than just downtown Toronto and downtown Montreal in, in, in its uh, audience. And Don Cherry gave them the chance to go up to the Parliament Hill, to the funding people, and say, hey, look, we have a guy who's a redneck. We have a guy who's a blue-collar guy. See, we do have diversity. And I think those three things all played to help him out over the, over the course of 25 or 30 years. Okay. Now, when you say he's not good with words, nor is Trump, but both of them knew how to do television instinctively yep. and intuitively. I mean, he was, this was a vaudeville act 
basically that he ran. How much did you think, I mean, when you tell me he went after you and accused you of not liking kids with cancer or something, I mean, it's, it's more than a vaudeville act then. But the guy was a master. He and McLean were doing wonderful stand-up in a way, right? Yeah, it was an act. Yeah. Uh, it was a pantomime. It was all of those things. And, and like watching Archie Bunker, mm-hmm. you could see the trip, the trip words, okay, we're going to head in this direction, and we know where it goes. And because you know where the laugh lines are, you're, you're all there for it. You're ready for it. Mm-hmm. And Don knew his audience, and he knew what they liked to hear, and, uh, and God bless him. And, and look, I'm a free speech guy. My biggest complaint at CBC wasn't necessarily that he said the things he said, although sometimes they offended me. It was that, C- that Hockey Night in Canada... Never, and that's me hitting the desk in front of me here, never, ever allowed a contrary opinion to Don. The entire political, uh, socioeconomic focus of that show for 25 years was dictated by Don, and anybody who came on and said anything else would, would, would be shouted down. And they gave up having anyone else come on. Had they had somebody come on in the second intermission who would have countered Don and said, you know, Don said this in the previous thing and I disagree with him, fine. That's free speech. But they never had a contrary opinion. It was all Don. And after a while, they became the voice of goon hockey. They became the voice of the roughhouse hockey. Look, he's a guy, you know, I always remember him going on and saying, well, you know, Shanahan's going to break that kid's arm. I'm going like, what? What the hell kind of stuff mm-hmm. is this to talk about? He would say things like that live on the air. But nobody wanted to get to, to, uh, to get in his grill. And as I say, they were intimidated by it. These you know, the experiences, as I say, I had with them were not fun. And, and, and I think if you had one or two of them, you probably said, you know what, this isn't worth it. They're not paying me enough to do this. And you backed off. All right. So when irascibility go, gives way to bigotry, that, that was the end, right? I mean, he, could, he, he walked the tightrope, this guy. Uh, and, and you, and you were sort of fascinated. Is he going to fall off the tightrope? And he managed that you, he would fall, but he would hang on with one hand. But why was this time too much, Bruce? Well, as I say, all of those three reasons I just gave you, all those conditions to change. Obviously, the political wind to change again with the election. People, a new generation, a millennial generation, just didn't want to forgive those things the way perhaps the boomer generation did. Uh, and, 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 and finally, as I say, he got caught in a bind. The people who were running Rogers now are not the people who hired Don. They're not the people who brought Hockey Night in Canada to Rogers. There's a whole new set of people in there who are making the, sh- the calls. They know financially that they're in a bind because of how much they've spent on hockey. They're looking for ways to save money. Don walked into that into that situation. And, I, and from what I'm understanding, hearing from Don, they gave him a chance to apologize, and they were going to let him stay or, or, or maybe at least give him a chance to stay for a little while longer. And, and he just said, no, he wasn't having it. So the minute he did that, that's, see ya, you know, that's it. You're done. You're helping us by saving money. So the financial thing was a big thing, the political change. And, and, I, and we haven't heard this. I doubt we will hear this, but I am sure that the sponsors, and there were unique sponsors for, for Coach's Corner, who were not Hockey Night in Canada sponsors. They were Coach's Corner sponsors. I think those people were starting to get so much heat about sponsoring Coach's Corner because of these kinds of things that I think they said, you know what, we can't really do this anymore. Last thing here, Cherry added, this is in his speed talk with CP, (laughs) Cherry added that he could have stayed on, quote, if I had turned into a tame robot who nobody would recognize, I can't do that after 38 years, he said. 
Yeah. Well, that's I, fine. And, and listen, nobody wanted uh, cherry light. Nobody wanted the new cherry. You know, using the coke. That's true. Nobody eh? wanted that. They, they wanted a guy who was willing to, to to touch the third rail once in a while. That's fine. Uh, but but there are also there are guardrails that he had to observe, and he didn't want to observe them anymore. And he thought he was bigger than it all. And and maybe to a certain extent, he was looking for a way out. Maybe he he saw this. He thinks that he will go out on his shield here. And from what I'm seeing on, on online, there's a whole bunch of people with petitions and stuff that the sweats will will be out there still supporting him. So maybe he thinks he'll go out as a hero to them. Uh, I think it's highly unlikely work. Uh, CBC can't hire him because they don't have any hockey left. They just put the, the, the Hockey Night in Canada games on Saturday for Rogers. TSN would be the only other place that has the money. And frankly, the NHL would not look favorably upon somebody hiring Terry at this point. I think the NHL was really embarrassed by this particular episode, too. So uh, I, I think Terry may have a life online somewhere. It'll be much diminished. And when he's not making a million bucks a year or whatever it is, he makes from all of his various enterprises combined. I, I think he's going to say, you know what, I'm 85. What am I doing? What about not the public broadcaster? <laughs> I'd love to do a ham and egg thing with him. You know, he did that thing with Brian Williams forever, a great line, and it was syndicated on all sorts of radio stations. <laughs> and I think that it sort of reached its natural life. If I was 45, I'd say, sure, I'd take something on like that. But it, it, it would be such hard work on a week-to-week basis dealing with this guy. Terry, you've dealt with professional athletes and people in the sports world. Uh, it, it, it can be more trouble than it's worth. You and I both know all the people who got into the business and then who get out of the business because they find out what it's like dealing with with, with the, the egos of people in the sports world. Uh, so, uh, you know, I don't think I'd wish it on my worst enemy trying to, you know, do the thing with Don. And, and at some point, he's going to tell you to shut up. Et cetera. And, and, you know, I said this in my column on Not the Public Broadcaster. I seriously wonder what would have happened if Dave Hodge hadn't flipped the pencil and been fired by Hockey Night in Canada. Had Don come in beside Dave Hodge, I think Hodge might have kept him in line a lot better than Ron. And, and we should say in this conversation that Ron McLean, as the face of CBC in those broadcasts, was culpable in, in, in perpetuating this thing and being the nodding sort of, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, the monkey for the organ grinder all those years and not pushing back on Don. I think Dave Hodge might have pushed back. I think in the early years it might have disciplined Don a little bit more. Uh, instead, he got out of the barn, and then nobody wanted to push him back in. <laughs> I love those metaphors. Okay, thanks, kiddo. I mixed the two right. Well, in. no, that's good. That's that's because you live out west. You know, I like those. I like those uh, horse metaphors. The, the barn. Monkey and yeah, and 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 a horse metaphor. Oh, boy, what a finish! <laughs> what a finish! Thanks, kiddo. Uh, Be well. You can't see me, but I'm taking a bow. Well, we got finally got the snow that you guys been getting. You guys, you, you guys been getting all week. You know, like the last two weeks, we finally got it last night. So. Uh, well, we're just hoping it melts in time for the Great Cup game a week. Sunday. Well, your team got hammered on Sunday. Holy, I don't, we got that's another story. We got to go. Thanks. 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 For reminding me about the stamps. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>